Hi, this is Dr. Hughes. I've had a, a lot of thoughts in my mind lately about what I should be recording on this, this episode today, um, but one that's really persisted, the one that's really been at the forefront of my mind since my last episode, um, and that's on nurturing these healthy principles of sexuality and specifically um, uh, a principle um, that I can give to all of you listeners to have at the, the forefront of your minds as you're going through um, through your day through your week, through your life. Um, and I'm talking um, very, very specifically now to those that struggle with, um, I'll just call it out-of-control sexual behavior. There's lots of terms that it that it goes under sexual addiction, out-of-control sexual behavior, um, incongruent sexuality, um, but uh, not acting in a way sexually that's congruent with your value system um, or how you interpret your value system. And those that, that struggle with that, those that are really wrestling with, um, with, with that issue, with that problem in their life. And so, um, so this podcast is spoken directly to those of you, women and men, um, that that have that struggle. I'm well aware that there will be plenty of listeners that will have a spouse or a partner or a um, a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or or a child, an adolescent that's maybe struggling with this. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk today on this this episode like I was talking to the individual that is struggling with this themselves. Um, and how to apply these healthy principles of sexuality that I've discussed in the past. Um, so I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna couch a specific principle of sexuality um, with a a little bit of a discussion on the early years of nurturing these healthy principles of sexuality, and then I'll come back to a specific principle and how somebody that is struggling with out of control sexual behavior can apply this in their life um, today, tonight, um, tomorrow, throughout this week, and and moving forward. Um, so I have uh, I have a, a, a quite a few uh, little kids um, from just about nine years old down to just about two years old. Um, they all conveniently have birthdays around the same time, so uh, they're all almost ready for their next birthday, um, which is an exciting time of the year for us. We just we my wife and I love this time um, and anticipate it. Um, so. Excuse me. So as we um, as we are raising these these four kids that are at very different um, ages and stages, uh, different genders, um, we we work on nurturing these healthy principles of sexuality with them. Um, just this last week, I had uh, yet another conversation with um, this one was just with my oldest son because the opportunity presented itself um, and just uh, felt like a time to have a more in-depth conversation about social media and uh, technology and electronics and and um, and what one can find um, on those sources, and this was um, just another of many many conversations that we've had, uh, not just about sexuality, but this one specifically about pornography. 
And, um, and so I, I kind of asked him some questions, what he thinks uh, some of the, the things are that he should be taking into account with internet safety. Um, and then I went and, and uh, taught him a little bit um, about some of the things that he could find and how come it's easily accessible and why it's there and why people, you know, he had questions, why do people even put that on there um, on the internet and things like that. And so um, we had some really good conversations about that. Um, with my other kids, we had had conversations about um, exploring their bodies and and why that feels good and why they're um, you know why they're interested in in figuring their bodies out. Um, it, you know, young kids will like everyone, not just young kids, but um, as people do. Um, but in this case, young kids as they're exploring and touching their bodies. Um, my wife and I are working to help them um, understand that their bodies are given to them by God. God, that they're beautiful, the male or female bodies, depending on which um, kid we're talking to, um, are given to them by God, their godly bodies, Um, a female version of uh, you know, Heavenly Father's body or male, male version, um, and um, and that it's beautiful and that it feels good when it's touched and that it is it looks beautiful, um, and um, and that. Uh, that's something that we should be excited about, and um, but it's also something that, um, as as young kids and and even, um, you know, uh, teenagers and adults, uh, uh, single adults and married adults and uh, middle aged and older adults, um, you know, there there are certain times that we touch and explore our bodies, and certain times that we don't do that, and certain contexts in which we do that, and so we had have these conversations with. Um, with our kids, continue to have these conversations on a regular, ongoing, sometimes multiple times a week com- uh, basis, sometimes uh, less than that. Um, and they they vary from their different uh, the the types of conversations or the uh, depth of the conversations vary uh, depending on their ages. Um, one of them in particular, uh, it's about five years old. Um, we we've been talking about how. Um, how it's important that we're uh, aware of our sexual anatomy and how it feels and understand it and have a good relationship with our sexual anatomy. Um, but that now we're, now is the time that we're learning to really uh, make sure that we are appropriately touching ourselves or exploring our body um, in the right context. You know, this isn't something that we do when we're around friends. Um, this isn't something that we're doing as uh, maybe mommy and daddy are, are putting this, this uh, child to bed um, or at the dinner table. Um, and so helping to nurture that, uh, that healthy principle of, um, you know, this, this is a sacred part of our body and, um, and a beautiful part of our body. So um, it's good that we have this. A good, it's good that it, it feels this way. Um, but it's also sacred. And so it's not something that we're doing um, around other people or with other people or in different settings. Um, and uh, also, um, you know, call it whatever you will. But the thing that comes to my mind that it, right now don't really love the uh, the word itself. Um, so I would, I would rework this, but, um, that, that there's a level of control, 
um, or restraint that we have. Um, you know, so when we feel the desire or urge to uh, touch or explore our, our sexual anatomy or our body, we're learning at this point um, not to do this every time that we want to do this um, because it's important for us to um, be in control of our body. And it's important for us to know that um, if we if we have that desire or urge or thought that Sometimes, uh, you know, as a young child or, you know, as, as an older individual or an older adult, you know, maybe that's fine to go and explore that um, or, or, or to just check in with our sexual anatomy at various, uh, to various degrees. Um, but, uh, you know, for this individual, this uh, five-year-old individual, uh, we're learning this restraint and that it's important for us to understand that we have that desire and and interest, um, but that we don't always do that. Um, that sometimes we say to ourselves, "Yeah, that sounds nice," um, but um, but I I'm I'm the one that's in control here, not this interest or this arousal, um, and that we can we have the ability to say, "Not right now. This isn't a good time," or "I don't always want to go and do that." Whenever I have that thought. Um, so this mastery over our sexual anatomy um, and our sexual, I guess I should say, not sexual anatomy, but sexual arousal, physiological arousal, sexual interest or desire um, is a really important thing for um, a child to, to, to learn. Um, and then that grows and builds as the child becomes um, a teenager, a young adult, a single adult, um, a married partner or spouse. Um, a, a middle-aged adult, an elderly individual, um, you know, all across the, the lifespan, it's important. So, um, so these are some of the conversations that are going on inside of the household of a sex therapist, a very active and involved sex therapist that's very much sex positive, but that is also very much uh, religious and conservative. Um, so uh, fast forward to um, a a uh, teenager, a young single adult, uh, um, a married adult, or or uh, you know on down the line, middle aged uh, adult or an elderly adult. Um, some of these principles of healthy sexuality that were learned at a younger age can then be um, accessed and, and are all um, as they age and, uh, and mature. Um, but let's say you haven't done that. Let's say that um, you haven't along the way learned to build and grow those healthy principles of sexuality. Um, and so this is for the, the first time that you're, that you're really learning and developing and growing this. And so, um, so, uh, a, a healthy principle of sexuality, let's say, that, um, that you are learning or you're, you're trying to learn and develop is um, to, that mutual pleasure and respect, um, let's say those two principles of sexuality are really important for you as an individual. Let's say, uh, you know, you could be married, you could be single, uh, either way, and you really, you've really struggled with that. You've really struggled with... Um, uh, appropriately accessing and engaging in sexual expression. Um, you know, let's say you've been involved with pornography and masturbation and you're really struggling with that, uh, whether that be, uh, you know, your term out of control sexual behavior, your term sexual addiction, whatever you choose, um, or, or whatever it's been. Um, sorry, poor, poor choice of words. Um, but, 
you're working to nurture this mutual pleasure and this respect, these two principles. And these are at the forefront of your mind and you're adding these in or you're going to be adding to those um, other uh, other healthy principles of sexuality. But these are the ones that you're focusing on right now. Um, and throughout your day, uh, you encounter multiple sources of physiological and uh, arousal or uh, sexual arousal or interest. Um, there are different things that pique your interest maybe um it's it's uh, uh you know something that you see on your computer as you're on in, engaged on social media maybe this is somebody that you work with that's uh sexually attractive um or of interest to you um or somebody that you come across um that's on campus uh if you're at school or you're out at the store or you see exercising um, on, on the trail or, uh, you know, running along the side of the road or something, and you notice yourself attracted and aroused by them, their, uh, their sexual anatomy, the way they're carrying themselves, uh, maybe they fit your, um, your sexual preferences, or maybe they've just, this has been the type of person, um, that you would normally sexualize and, um, and, and kind of be, uh, be part of your, um, your addiction cycle or your out of control sexual behavior cycle, or let's say it was just straight up, um, pornographic in nature, um, on a television show you were watching or you were streaming, um, or, uh, uh, a a image that you saw on social media. Um, so if you're nurturing these these healthy principles of sexuality of mutual pleasure and of respect, um, even though you would notice that physiological arousal and interest, you would honor that. You would respect that that's there. You would think about how great and how godly these um, interests, this attraction, this arousal is. Um, and just kind of um, breathe into that instead of trying to avoid or run away from that. So if you just would take a deep breath in with that and just allow it to be, just allow that to sink in and be and, and, and acknowledge that interest, that arousal, that attraction. But then as I'm trying to teach with my children, Realize that you are in control of your sexuality and you can determine what to do with it from here. Um, and as you, as you notice that and as you allow yourself to be okay with that interest, with that arousal that you have and that sexual desire that you have, um, it can exist there. It's not going to, um, to physically take control over you and force you to... Uh, masturbate or force you to look at pornography so you don't have to run from it or be afraid of it um, you don't have to um, uh, be be fearful of it um, but along with that bring in some of these principles that you're trying to nurture and think about um, that this mutual uh, pleasure or mutual satisfaction piece and thinking about yourself and about this other individual, the image on the computer screen, or the woman running on the street, or the man that shares um, an office with you, um, is there mutual pleasure, mutual satisfaction, mutual interest there? And is there not? 
And if there is, let's say that there maybe is with the gentleman that shares the office with you. Um, you know, is that, is that truly mutual um, satisfaction, pleasure, or interest from, from you? Do you have truly the desire to have this, um, this relationship with this individual? And maybe if you're single, maybe it fits and maybe it's okay not to uh, snowball that into acting out um, in a way that's incongruent with your value system, but maybe that's uh, where flirtation would happen and uh, bids for connection would happen and going on dates and all of that stuff would then ensue. Um, but if you're married or if this other individual is married, um, is there truly mutual um, interest that exists there? And maybe there is, even if that individual is married. So then you would go on to some of these other principles of healthy sexuality. Um, but uh, more than likely, there, there won't be. More than likely, this will be someone um, that, let's say, is uh, jogging on the trail or that's walking across campus that has no clue that um, there's that sexual arousal or sexual interest that you're experiencing. So that mutual pleasure and mutual satisfaction and interest wouldn't be there in most cases. But let's say some, that is some, some possibly are. That's why you nurture multiple healthy principles of sexuality. One of the other ones being the respect. Um, am I respecting this individual? Am I respecting my own sexuality? Am I um, respecting uh, the other people that are involved in, in your sexuality? Your spouse, if you're married, or the other individual's spouse, if you're not married and they are married. And you would be contemplating, you know, thinking about, considering these principles as you allow that, that um, sexual arousal, that physiological interest um, to, to be there. You're not fostering it. You're not nurturing it. You're not cultivating that. You're just aware of it. You're mindful of it. Um, mindfulness has a lot, a lot of uh, research and a lot of support. It's really the third wave of CBT um, that's going on um, right now, has been going on for a little while, and is, and is huge. And there's a lot of research that supports the um, effectiveness of, uh, of this third wave of CBT and of, of mindfulness and how uh, helpful and effective it is. So you're, you're taking into account these two other principles um, is, is respect, does respect exist there between you and this other individual? And in most cases, this other individual probably is not even going to be aware of, of your interest, your physiological arousal, your, your sexual arousal and interest in them. And in those cases, then, um, if you're not nurturing that healthy principle, you've got to allow um, that principle or those principles to be your guide. And so then um, that would determine or help to determine what you do from there. Do you continue to cultivate this arousal, this interest, um, and this uh, sexual spark or eroticism that's there, or do you not? Um, and in a lot of these cases, or most of these cases, the answer is going to turn to no just with those two principles of respect or mutual pleasure or mutual interest or satisfaction. And those thing, same things can apply and hold true in your relationship with your spouse. Let's say you make uh, sexual overtures or bids for um, connection or for uh, a, a sexual engagement. And if, if those things don't exist there, uh, you know, they're, they're not fully in 
into it, then you don't pr- continue to pursue or to push. Or if in the middle of a sexual encounter, uh, you can tell that those that mutual pleasure no longer exists there, and it's more so a thing for for you as an individual. Well, now then, that is something that guides guides and pushes you um, to then uh, maybe discontinue or uh, that sexual activity or have a conversation with your spouse or your partner. Um, but if those other but if those things do exist, uh, respect and mutual pleasure. Um, then, then you continue to move forward. So, um, think of it like you're just gathering, um, multiple, uh, multiple, uh, values, multiple principles to guide the decisions that you make as a sexual person. Um, and, uh, and you do this in a way where you are the one that's in control. You are the one that's nurturing this and you don't have to be fearful of physiological or uh, arousal or sexual interest. Um, those are things that, um, come and go in our lives, um, throughout our day, um, for everyone. Um, and, uh, some moments are going to be stronger. Other moments they're going to be fleeting. Uh, sometimes they may stay for a while, but the trick is to not try to, um, uh, uh, rush them out or force them to leave or, uh, to be fearful of their existence. Um, but to just be mindful and aware of it, just like it's another sense that we have. It's an additional sense to our five senses. Um, these thoughts, or this physiological arousal. So if we had a sixth or seventh um, uh, sense, uh, let's say the sixth sense would be um, these thoughts that we have that kind of come into our brain, um, let's say purposefully or, or um, not, on, not on purpose. And then uh, the other one, the seventh sense, would be just physiological arousal that we experience um, without doing anything um, to experience that, or um, or if we do f- nurture or foster thoughts, um, and so these these other senses, the sixth and the seventh sense, we just kind of let those things exist um, and and be there um, as we would with our other senses. We're not going to um, uh, try to control uh, a scent that we that we smell um, or. Um, or something tactilely that that we feel, um, it just kind of is like that's the the fill of the pants that we're wearing. That's the fill of our the our, our foot on the grass. Um, that's the uh, the smell in the air from the pine trees, or from the car exhaust. Now we might try to move away from some of those things that are unpleasant. If we don't like the fill of the grass on our feet, um, or if we don't like the smell of the exhaust. Um, but we realize that there's not a whole lot that we can do um, to control all of the, those other senses. Um, but we can, we can uh, work on uh, nurturing these healthy principles of sexu- sexuality and allowing those to be our guide. So I'm really excited to be able to record this today for, for all of you and specifically for those of you um, that have been struggling with, um, with sexual addiction and out-of-control sexual behavior. And um, my goal is to, uh, uh, with this podcast, uh, record uh, periodically, uh, more often um, than not probably, uh, record every couple of sessions, maybe even more than that, um, of this, this podcast. I'll record um, 
specifically for those that are struggling with out of control sexual behavior. And um, and I'll I'll give you some things that uh, we all need to work on, whether we have sexual addiction or out of control sexual behavior or not. Um, and and I'm gonna serve as kind of. Uh, not that I'm putting myself on a pedestal at all, but um, as as maybe somebody that's doing some of the things that that can be helpful for us, for all of us, whether we struggle with sexual addiction or not, um, people uh, or out of control sexual behavior or not. Um, I think it's more of a lifelong uh, pursuit to have, and this is this is my thing. This is how I view it. I don't view it as much as a sexual addiction or out of control sexual behavior, but as um, a, a pursuit to live in the most congruent way that we can, most congruent with our value system, most congruent with how we interpret and live our value system, living in a way that's congruent with who we are as sons and daughters of God. And so, um, as a, uh, a son of God that is on the pursuit of a congruent uh, life with my value system and with my sexuality, um, I, as a as a fellow um, uh, s- uh, child of God, I'm going to give you guys some specific things um, that that I am doing to always live a congruent and an authentic um, uh, life with my value system and with my sexuality um, so that I can be fulfilled um, and feel complete and feel happy with how I've conducted myself. And hopefully there are those of you that find this helpful and that will um, maybe kind of follow suit. And even though I'm not meeting with you as your therapist, um, maybe we can kind of treat this like a sort of a mentorship um, where I'm working on these healthy principles and talking about these healthy principles for all of you to also uh, be contemplating and working on maybe the same principles, um, maybe some different principles, but um, that we're going about this together and, and not alone um, as, as uh, children of God that are all working to live a, a congruent uh, uh, and authentic um, uh, uh, value system, um, s- uh, sexual, uh, expression. And, um, and so, um, I would encourage you to settle on a couple of healthy principles of sexuality and work on, work on learning how to apply those. Now the, the, these healthy principles have got to be something that, that reaches into your core, that reaches into your, the very fiber of, of who you are to your soul, um, and, uh, and, and has, has got to have its hooks in you. So if it's not something that has its hooks in you, that's really of value or of importance to you, then it won't really, um, it won't really pull you through, um, and help to, to guide you. So I, to, uh, my challenge for you from this podcast to the next podcast that is specifically for those that are struggling with, uh, out of control sexual behavior or incongruent sexuality, um, uh, or sexual expression, my challenge for all of you is to come up with a handful of principles. And if that's a, a struggle or challenge, a healthy principle of sexuality that you can begin to think about on a daily basis that you can give space to. I'll, I'll, I do some morning uh, uh, contemplation, I'll say. I do some breathing 
And um, I really think about what is guiding me throughout my day, what matters to me, what matters in my life, what matters for my family, what matters for um, a congruent sexual expression. And, um, and, I, and I cultivate and I foster that all throughout the day and I purposely work on that all throughout the day. It's not just something I think about in the morning and give space to while I'm doing breathing and then it goes out of my mind. I circle back to that over and over and over again. When things, uh, things happen where sexual interest um, is peaked, um, I circle back to that. What guides my sexuality? And maybe it's something that's like right on board and, and congruent with my sexuality and then I, then I go with that. And if it's something that's incongruent with it, I make sure it becomes congruent. And, um, and I don't freak out or get fearful of or worry about um, anything that is those sixth and seventh senses. I realize that those are, there are those senses, um, let's say, uh, we'll call them, we'll continue to call them that, that are, that we're going to experience that, um, are really out of our control. And they're just, just like the other senses that we have. Um, and there's not a whole lot that we can do about those, but we can, um, work on living away, away, a life that is congruent with, um, with our, our sexual expression, our, our, our sexual expression and our values. And so that's my challenge for you from this podcast um, to the next. And, um, and we'll keep on working, for, uh, working towards this and moving forward. Um, thank you all for being with me today.